I don't feel like enough people talk about how the rulerships of the ha- the houses in your zodiac chart can influence a part of your life. So if you look at whole sign chart, um, like a whole sign chart, the first house is ruled by Aries, where the 12th house is ruled by Pisces, for example. And that's because it goes throughout 12 months of the year. And you're wondering why does it start in like March? That's because Aries literally rules first house. It's the it's like the, the baby of the zodiac, or Pisces, you probably heard is the most spiritual, deep, sensitive sign. So it's a 12th house. And We'll get into what these 12 houses mean, but basically I wanted to talk about this because I feel like there needs to be an elaborate video on why this might matter for a lot of people, especially if you have a stellium. And a stellium is when you have uh, a certain house in your chart that shows up more than three times, three to four, three to more times. So it could be under planets. So for example, a first house stellium being under Venus, Mercury, Uranus, and Neptune, those are all planets. So that would consider a stellium. And sometimes that stellium can be under a sign. So it can be Leo. It can be any sign, really. And that the stellium actually shows that how that that house's um expression will be shown like influence in your life, for example. So a first house stellium, for example, would have a lot of themes in their life of changing appearance a lot, self-improvement, maybe going through physical issues, good or bad things, basically. And if there's no sign under it, then that just means that it just shows the house's expression, not so much the sign's expression. But if that's in a sign, for example, so a first house in Aries, let's just say it's an Aries stellium in the first house, that means that that person's a really strong leadership and strong enthusiasm for life and change. Like there's no, um, like a lot of luck involved in a sense because Aries literally rules first house. So it thrives in that placement. So people with this influence could easily like not have a hard time changing themselves. It could be easier for them. Um, maybe someone will help them. It really depends, but it also depends on aspects and other stuff, but we're not going to get into the aspects part of it today. I just wanted to make it pretty basic. So, Aries, I already said, is ruled by the first house. First house is physical appearance, self, you know, self, ego. Um, basically, that's it. <laughs> basically, yeah. And then the second house, which is ruled by Taurus. This is literally going like, you know, in order. So Taurus is ruled by the second house, meaning like, you know, values, money, finances, um, self-worth, like that kind of stuff. And it's like not much to do with self. It's more to do with like external environments. Like it's more material uh, house because Taurus is a materialistic earth sign. Okay. And then the third house is actually ruled by Gemini and Gemini, um, as you know, it's a very chatty sign and very um, smart and witty. And third house is actually communication and it can be ruled under writing and books or whatnot and speech and how you conversate. So it's ruled by Gemini. So maybe if you have an Aries rising and you were to go on your you know whole sign chart, 
you would probably see these themes and it would all line up this way but it really depends on the planets and like some people have their rising in their 12th house like anyways that's different different for another day fourth house is ruled by cancer and because fourth house is family roots you know like um staying at home like that kind of stuff like it's more to do with closeness so fourth house is like about like mother and also the fourth house is ruled by the mother and you as you know cancer is really nurturing um sign it's actually ruled by the moon so you know it's emotionally validating and everything like that so and then the fifth house is ruled by leo and you might think oh why isn't leo in the first house well if you know leo's um fifth house is like creativity self-expression childlike spirit can be romance you know love that it's like really kiddie kind of love you know leo to be very confident and you know sporadic and fun and just overall like i wouldn't say childish but i would say like they keep up alive that inner child a lot and that's why they usually get a lot of things because actually those leos are by the sun and the sun literally shines on everything so you know having a stellium leo for example you would probably shine the spotlight often and it sometimes it's not even like you don't even do anything like it just happens right okay um virgo is ruled by the sixth house and sixth house is like service work routine um health you know fitness all that good shit (laughs) and um virgo being the grounded sign it is it makes sense because in order to sustain a good routine you need to be grounded you need to keep practicing and virgo is all about you know stepping into um not convenience not convenience, but stepping into the uncomfortable and making it comfortable for them. That's why Virgos are uh, can are really superior, especially if they're a Virgo sun or Virgo rising. Virgo risings have a lot of health-related issues because Virgo is ruled, ruled by the stomach. Um, okay, moving on. Seventh house is ruled by Libra. And I never, I found this out recently and I was like, I was like, really? Like, seventh, Libra is ruled by the seventh house? But then it makes sense because if you know Libras, they're really diplomatic, charming, um, caring. They love social interactions. And seventh house is literally business partners, business contracts, marriage, long-term, you know, commitments, long-term relationships. So friendships, you know, dating, marriage, even like having good work coworkers, that can that's what it shows. So and Libra fits in well with that because you know Libra is to be very cute and you know dipsy a bit. Um, I don't know what the word dipsy is, but we're gonna go with it. And then um, Scorpio is actually ruled by the eighth house, and as you know, Scorpio is already pretty mysterious on its own. But the eighth house adds to it because the eighth house is literally the house of sex, death, secrets, inheritances, <laughs> um, shared finances. So. If you're to have like an eighth house stellium, you could very much benefit from someone giving you money and or inheritance. Like you could get a really big hair inheritance, and that's what will set you for life. Strangely enough, <laughs> maybe you'll go through a lot of near death experiences. Again, I'm not gonna try to scare you. It, it doesn't have to happen. Again, I have an eighth house moon, and I've never had one, so it doesn't have to happen. But someone with a lot of eighth house placements could definitely be super introspective because eighth house is similar to twelfth house, and we can get into that when I talk about the twelfth house. But yeah, the ninth house is ruled by Sagittarius, and it makes a lot of sense 
It really, really does because Sagittarius's are very adventurous, very much um, wanting to be different in the crowd. Um, doesn't like to follow rules, kind of like a not necessarily necessarily a troublemaker. They can follow rules strategically well if it works for them, if it follows with their values and what they learn. Because ninth house is the house of higher philosophies, travel, um, out of you know out of the country, friends like different people um culture too and Sagittarius is all about learning new things and being about different things and that's what the ninth house implies to have a ninth house stellium you travel will be a big part of your life or friends will, friends from all different parts of the world will teach you things it's really interesting or you might be really into culture and history and art yeah okay 10th house is ruled by Capricorn <laughs> and you know Capricorns to be you know workaholics quote-unquote workaholics or cold-hearted or they don't they just want to focus on their career but this is not true necessarily about capricorns but the 10th house is the house of men well fathers mostly men fathers but um because the fourth house like i said is ruled by mothers and it's the opposite it's like six houses away from each other so it literally is like a key and Having your midheaven, because your 10th house is your midheaven, is also a sign. Your midheaven is also um, how, how people see you when they first meet you, what they might think of you, what they what people might talk about you. Like, if you're in a rumor, like, what they might think of you. They, they, like, they don't know you yet until they get to the 4th house part of you. Because the 4th house is who you really are or what you hide from the public. Because 10th house is also public image, career, fame, all that good stuff. And if you have a 10th house stellium, man, you might as well be famous as fuck or just known for something great. And you might have a strong relationship with your father or or not so strong. Like maybe you have to work something out in this lifetime or something to do with your father. But you'll figure that out. But <laughs> Basically, it'll be like a really prominent part of your life. But Capricorn being a part of that, yeah, basically that's all I can say. 11th house is ruled by Aquarius. And because 11th house is friends, group, humanitarianism, technology, and Aquarius is a sign of giving back, I find. They're quirky and they're kind of rebellious and different. Like they might, if they have Aquarius rising, if you have like a prominent Aquarius placements in your big three, or maybe they have a stellium of that. It will very much be like a theme in your life where you'll feel like you're out of reach from others, like you don't really fit in. But with that specialty, you'll be able to cultivate something that gives back. But, you know, people will see you later. And it's actually really cool. So there you go. And the 12th house is, like I said, ruled by Pisces because the 12th house is spiritual, is a house of spirituality, karma, endings, dealings, you know, rebirth, death, transformation, all that shit. So, as I was saying earlier, let me catch my breath for a second. <laughs> the 8th house and the 12th house are pretty similar. The difference, however, is the 8th house, 8th house people or people with prominent 8th house placements have this tendency to be very introspective too introspective to the point where they don't know if what they're thinking is real or if it's just something they've brought in from someone else like an energy or whatever but eighth house placements are very introspective and they transform themselves in that process 
Whereas 12th house placements do the same. They transform, they undergo a lot of changes in their life, but what happens is they um, help and heal others with that. They're not so good with helping themselves because um, they're not so good at helping themselves because it's kind of hidden from them. Like literally 12th house is like known to hide some things that they, they can't see. Like an eighth house placement can see it. They're literally introspective. They can really feel the emotion, see it, and deal with it. So they do what they can, but the 12th house doesn't so much. So as a stellium, with any of these planets and any sign, it is important to differentiate the two. So you're not always going to have like a Pisces 12th house stellium. That's not true. Like it definitely has to fall in a certain sign. But basically, this is my explanation for this. If anyone is confused or people are just getting into their um, astrology journey and want to find out why maybe something is more, you know, stronger in their lives than like, you know, other placements like their your rising is not the answer to a lot of things <laughs> trust me yeah that's about it <laughs>